mention anything. But, but it's, uh, some, some of the, the, the sermons that are preached to us and we buy into it, the prophecies that are served to us and we buy into it, they are totally ridiculous. And we can see that they are ridiculous, but we, because we have left our minds at home, we buy into it. And we serve something that looks like God, but it's not God. Am I talking to somebody? You see, let me say something to you. Every temptation, let me give you five reasons why your mind is the most important thing. Five things. See, now you're right. And then you begin, oh, nobody loves me. Oh, my life is over. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm finished. Oh, 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 oh. You become depressed. But remember, the fact that it's not necessarily mean you must buy it. Am I talking to somebody? The fact that depression is being sold as a thought doesn't mean you must buy. Hallelujah. Because let me tell you something. What you are going through that is making you depressed. The person who is jumping on the stage and dancing and singing has gone through two times or ten times what you are going through. And they are happy singing rejoicing. So your circumstances does not, does not bring depression. It's your mind that accepts the frustration. Your, your circumstances is depression. Are you thinking? You want to go and commit adultery. Said, I was walking in the park. Then I saw the man. Or I saw the woman. And before I knew it, we were kissing. Before I knew it, we were having sex. It doesn't happen. <laughs> You've been thinking of it. To simmer. You allowed the eyes to confirm the thinking. You allowed your feeling to affirm the confirmation of the thoughts. And then your emotion, your actual, you know, feeling inside also run towards it. Plus, there are some of us in this room, we've never ever been tempted great before. Cigarette will never tempt us. There are some to when they smell the smoke. There are some that alcohol has never tempted us before. Why? Because we have never entertained that. Some to when they see alcohol, Everything, all their defenses break down. There are some that men have never tempted them before. There are some to when they see six pack with, uh, you know, that V. <gasps> so when your heart is tempted, when you are tempted, you are tempted out of the lust that's already inside of you. Out of the thinking that's already inside of you. So you have a proclivity for men with six-pack that are tall, that are dark, and handsome, with a husky voice. Or, or you, 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 like, you like Mediterranean-looking type of men. That is you. There are some people, they don't see anything. See, I see men like trees. <laughs> they, they haven't entertained their thoughts. 
So that hold of Satan is not there. Can you see why the mind is important? Because, Pastor, I can't. I can't. As for me, when I see, I have to look. No, no, no. Change your thinking. When you change your thinking, you change your prison. Write it down. When you change your thinking, you change your prison. Every prison is, has a key. And the key that unlocks that prison is your thinking. Hallelujah. I'll, I'll, come, I'll come back to, to it. I'm not going back there. Don't drag me back. Amen. At new birth, Okay, so, so this is the process. The reason why your mind is important, this is the process. Do you know that when prior to your receiving um, God, your spirit being regenerated, your thinking, your thoughts was at the thought of the world. So you walked in the futility of your mind, the Bible says. You know, you walked by your eye gates, your ear gates. You know, you see, you want to touch, you want to feel. When you get born again, now the Spirit of God is introduced into your heart. And when the Spirit of God is introduced into your heart, the mind of the Spirit of God affects your mind. If you allow your mind to be affected by the Spirit, see, who knows the mind of God? Save the Spirit of God in the man. You know, so the Spirit of God in the man will, will, will tell you how to think about God. How That is why... All of a sudden, now the things that you used to do, when you get around it, you feel uncomfortable. Because now your mind is being affected by the Spirit of God. But you see, you have to allow that mind, that openness, to be transformed. Am I talking to somebody? So that is the, fifth, uh, the second step. Then the third step is, is this. When, when, when um, your mind... The third, knowing the mind of God, your mind is now revealed towards the, knowing the mind of God through the word. Because now you start reading the Bible, you see God's mind by the world, the word of God. Then the next step is you changing your mind to conform to the word that you know now. Then transformation actually takes place. Do you understand that? Hello? Yeah, look at me confused. Can I say it again? Or you understand it? Your mind at before, before your encounter with God is the mind of the world. So anything that you feel, that you sense, that you, that you see, that you hear, affects what you do. When you come to God, now, God gives you another mind that is like God. So, as you open that mind up, you start thinking towards God. Then, the next one is as you read the Bible, God reveals himself through the word. And that affects your thinking. And when your thinking is affected, your life is affected. Because transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. 
Are you getting it? And then as your mind is renewed, you are, rene- you are renewed. Amen. Next thing, why the mind is very important. I said every, every single action, I start with the mind, isn't it? Number two, your mind is the battleground. The battleground is not your spirit. The bat- Have you not seen that there are a lot of uh, churches, a lot of uh, men of God, it's all about demons, it's all about the devil that is chasing you, the demon that is chasing you, the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the curse from your father's house, the curse from your mother's house. How many have heard all, all those things before? And they never talk about your thinking. That needs to be changed. When your, your, your marriage is, is falling up, and you say, it's my grandmother that is affecting me. My great-grandmother that... No, 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 no. It is not your grandmother. Let's start. Let, let us start properly. Your actions are born out of your thinking. And your thoughts is a process of your environment, your upbringing, where you've come from. If you are told, you will never be any good. You are useless. No man will marry you from the day you were a child. As for you, you can't do anything right. You can't do anything. And then you grow with that self, um, um, what do you call it? You have the, all these um, inferior complexes inside of you. And you go into the marriage. Do you think that you have a good marriage? Anything that is done for you in the positive, you see it negative. Because you are now looking through the eye of inferiority. Are you with me? So you, 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 you see, that that's the difference about, uh, with this church. This church, we teach you to think. Are you with me? So that your life is transformed. Not that your spirit, and then you are still in the same thinking, in the same prison of your mind. So you have to need a preacher and need a pastor always to pray for you, to, for, for things to work. No, no. You transform your thinking. Set yourself free. Are you with me? It took uh, 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 30 years or 20 something years before you got married for, for, of, of those constant hearing of you are no good, you are not beautiful. You are, so it will take a long time. It will take an active, active work by you to put better things into your, into your system, into your thought lives, to change you. Otherwise, you go into that marriage and there will always be problems. Not because you married a demon. Not because your father's demons are chasing you. Not because of, but it's like you are, you are causing your own downfall by the way you think. Am I talking to somebody? How, how many, how many will, will really listen to this tape again? You need to listen to this again. You see, your, 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 your mind determines whether you become stressed. You become timid. You become fearful. You become disillusioned. You become uh, uh, chaotic. Or you become self-confident. You become hardworking. You become orderly. You become uh, 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 prosperous. You see, prosperity doesn't start from getting your first thousand pounds or million pounds. Prosperity starts with your mind. When you think like a prosperous person, you become prosperous. When you think like a poor person, even if I gave you two million, within a few weeks, you would lose all the money. Are you with me? Prosperity doesn't start from uh, uh, money. 
That's why when you, if you, if you think poor and you get money, you will lose it. Everybody that has won the lottery, almost 89% of those who have won lottery have lost it within five years. Because the people that will stake lottery are people with a certain mind. The mind of, I won't work, but I'll depend on chance, and then I will hit the big time. The people who depend on hard work, planning, and, and they don't have time to do Russian roulette, to do pokey, uh, casino, gambling. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, listen, just give me 100 pounds and leave me on the street for five years and come back for five years and look for me. You won't find me on this street. You'll find me because the way I think I'm looking for opportunities. I'm not looking to spend. I'm not looking for the latest clothes. I'm not looking for this, looking for that, looking for that. Look, I'm looking for opportunity. That hundred pounds is enough. Even if you gave me ten pounds and you gave me life, that's the mind of a prosperous person. Are you with me? Because time and chance happens to everybody. Am I talking to somebody? Is somebody listening to me? The way you are quiet, I'm wondering whether. I, I, I used to be. So, when in your Christianity, engage your mind. It's the battleground. Satan and, and God are fighting, or the angel of God and Satan are fighting in your mind to take control. Whoever gains control of your, your mind controls your life. Are you with me? That is why the people that you surround yourself with are very, very important. See, some of us, we come to church only on Sundays. Then, the rest of the week, we walk with people that speak contrary to what we have heard on Sunday. Are you with me? Show me your friend. It's not in the Bible. But, the Bible says that evil communications corrupt all good. You see, there, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices, but none is without signification. Every voice is significant because every voice is fighting for your thoughts. They drop some things. That's why you've got to be selective. This is not a time. You know, when you're in primary school, you could choose, you could roll with any, anybody. You know, primary school, secondary, you want the most popular person to be your friend, isn't it? How many know, know what I'm talking about? In secondary, you want to be with the popular guys, the cool, so-called so cool guys, cool guys. That's the one you want to. But at this age, look at people going where you are going and associate yourself with them because they'll challenge you to go further. They'll take you further. Am I talking to somebody? This is not a time to go with your friend, a friend because he lives in your neighborhood. Your friend, because he's been my friend from high school. So, are they going where you're going? If not, drop them. You can't afford to let your mind go off. Hallelujah. I think I'm preaching good. Hallelujah. Your mind is very, very expensive. You know, sometimes you get on the phone and somebody, chaka, 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 and what they are talking is totally nonsense. 
And your mind is assimilating everything. See, there's nothing like, oh, I will just indulge them. I, I'm not going to, I'm not paying any mind, but I'm not indulging. No, 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 no. It's a lie. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing, in the same way, doubt comes by hearing. And hearing by whatever word you're hearing. Or failure comes by hearing. And hearing whatever you're allowed to hear. You know, depression comes by hearing. You know, some people like to pour out their depression on you. I mean, as a pastor, sometimes you, you, you have a counseling session, and by the time the people have walked out, you feel depressed. I'm not telling you a lie. Because they've come, it's like somebody has come to wee wee on you. And then they finish, they close the door. Thank you, Pastor, and they are gone. You do not smell of urine. Because the things that they are saying, it's like your mind begins to wonder. You know, some of us too, we like watching some, you know, those type of movies about adultery, those type of movies about, you know, recently my wife has uh, uh, got a certain, I don't know, my daughter introduced her to, you know, crime, you know, this real crime, people kill their husbands, people kill their wives, people, you know, those type of crime, I don't know whether real crime, something, something, and, and, and the other day we were all sitting there. And then my daughter came in and saw mommy watching the thing. And then she said, no, I, I taught you to watch this. Now you've got to stop. Because this thing is not good for you. You know, because you, be, you begin to take it to your life. Then she, she, mommy said that, oh, you know, this is when daddy goes into the kitchen. I don't know whether he's bringing a knife to come and kill me. <laughs> I mean, she said it jokingly. But that is what... Your, what you see, what you hear, makes your mind to think. I've been married to you for 20 years. I've never brought even a pencil near you. I'm going to the kitchen to get my oranges, to cut my oranges to eat. You say, I'm holding a knife, I'm coming to kill you. Just because you've been watching real crime. See, that's how it starts. He comes into the house, doesn't say hello. Then he comes to sit there quietly. Then he goes into the kitchen. Then he brings uh, oranges. Then he's cutting. The next time you see the orange, the knife is coming next to me. Number three. Am I helping somebody? Make sure you don't become a victim. Hallelujah. I say do not become... A victim. Amen. The next one is maturing into manhood is about the change of mentality. First Corinthians 13, 10 and 11. Maturing into manhood is about the change of your mindset. Maturing into adulthood. They are maturing into adulthood or manhood is about the change of your mindset. Amen. First Corinthians 13, 10 and 11. It says that, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things. When I became a man, my thinking changed. 
My thought process changed. I don't think childish thoughts anymore because I am grown. My being grown is not because of the number of years I have spent on earth. My being grown is about the process of thinking that I have developed. My mind has matured. Have you ever spoken to somebody who has a mind of a child before? They are old. They look old in appearance and everything. But their thinking is like a, a child. You can't do anything with such a person. You want to marry such a person, you become a babysitter. <laughs> Maturing into manhood is as a result of the changing of your mind. Maturing into spiritual heights, spiritual levels, is as a result of changing your thinking, changing your beliefs, changing your, 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 your faith set. As for me, seeing is believing. When I see, I'll believe it. That is, in, in spiritual terms, that is a childish way of, of doing things. Are you with me? As you develop as a spiritual person, now you've got to have that. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I haven't seen it. By faith, we know that the elders obtained a good report. And by faith, we know that the world was created by the things that we are not seen. So that the things that are, are seen, that are made, are made from the things that we cannot see. Are you with me? In the same chapter, that's Hebrews 11, it goes on, and all these, it says that when he lists all the people, and all these believed, even to their death. No sin. They looked for a city that was made without hands. Am I, am I making sense to you? Because now, now, spiritually, you are becoming matured. So you now walk by faith and not by sight. Now you take steps of faith because you are maturing spiritually. Not with your mind, carnal mind. Because for the, with the carnal mind leads to death. And with the spiritual mind, you have life and peace. Amen. So your manhood or your uh, 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 maturity is determined by the process of your thinking. How many will, will agree with me that the prodigal son, the Bible says in, in uh, Luke chapter 15, I think verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's servants have enough bread to despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. Make me as one of these servants. I don't qualify to be a son. Make me a servant. Can you contrast that level of thinking with the previous thinking 
that he said, give me all the goods that falls. Who told you you had any goods that falls to you? Have you worked for anything? It's a child, it's a childish way of thinking to, to, to think that things belong to you. To, to, to think that you are due anything. Are you with me? It's a very childish. Have you seen people that uh, 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 always fighting at home? Married couple that are fighting. It's like you see that somebody has a mind. You have to do this. I deserve this. I did it. I did it. It's a like childish way of thinking. I haven't worked for it, but I deserve it. <laughs> now, the other day I was telling my, my daughter, anytime I give you your allowance, you never say thank you. I say, Abba, it's mine. And then I was like, oh, it's yours. What work did you do? Say, but it's mine. You give me what is mine. You give what Kiran, what is Kiran's. It's, my, it's ours. Oh, yeah. So, so let me stand in front and say, it is mine. Put money in my account. No. That is a child's way of thinking. When you grow a little bit, you realize that if you step out, you will not eat. Nobody gives you anything for free. There's no allowance anywhere. Hallelujah. Can you see the difference? He was thinking in a very immature way. That's why he took his his father's living and he went away. But when he came to himself, when the situation had matured him, the poverty and eating with the pigs made him say, "Mm, I need to change. Now, I don't want to be a son. I want to be a servant. Because I haven't even graduated as a servant yet. Look at where I am. This is my real level. My real level is eating with pigs. I used to be the crown prince. Now I'm eating with pigs. Now from the eating with pigs, I don't go back to crown prince. I have to go through servant. Hallelujah. Your mind has to change. Number four, number four, quickly. My time is up, isn't it? Well, I have a few more minutes. Okay. All right. How many are going to do something about your mind? Now, this one, strongholds of our lives are in our minds. Hello? Strongholds of our lives. When I say strongholds, strongholds of inferiority. As for me, I'm not pretty. You know, when somebody says, somebody believes that they are not pretty, it doesn't matter what you tell them. It will never shift their belief of not being pretty because it's a stronghold. When somebody is made to believe that they are useless, it's a stronghold. You know, and that is why all of us in this room, we have to be careful what we say to people of impressionable minds, children. Be very careful what we say to them. I have this bad habit of always telling my son and, and my daughter, as for you, you are rubbish. Because that is how my father used to behave. Then my father always, it doesn't matter whatever, whatever you do, 
You know, like, uh, you know, as a child, you're, having a, you're doing a play or something, and then you invite your parents to come. I never, ever invited my father. Never. Never. I could be the lead, the lead actor in the, in, the, in the play. I will never invite him. One, he will not come. Two, when he comes, he will point out all my mistakes. And then he goes, he says, stupid ass. So for a very long time, I had inferiority complex in me. Yeah. And because I was the youngest of, of all the kids, there are about 14 kids in my house. And I was the youngest. So when anything goes to me, when somebody does something and to escape punishment, because if me, a few times I get beaten, a few times you just leave me. Because... If all the 13 kids are saying it's him, whether it's me or not, I'll be crying that it's not me, but they say it's me. And then sometimes I get beaten sometimes. You know, so you, you get to the place where you don't think any good can come from you. How many know what I'm talking about? You don't even try anymore. Because you feel that, as for you, you are rubbish. So in school, I never used to try. No, I won't try. I mean, when they are teaching and playing, I'm the clown of the class and everything. Once I got promoted on trial, <laughs> you know when you write exams, a class, and then this one, this report, I think I was in class four, and then the teacher said, promoted to class five, on trial. So my siblings used to call me OT on trial. <laughs> he has an OT cap. <laughs> when I went to school, I brought the OT cap home on trial. Until I met a man in a school calling us an app who told me, You are not stupid, you are not dense. You are just playful. Sit here. Let me take you for a few months. And that's all he did. When he got to my, uh, what do you call it, common entrance, that's the entrance exam to go to high, uh, high school, my father didn't fail the form. This man failed the form. Right? And when we wrote the exam, because the man had told me I wasn't stupid. I did the exam. And in the school, I think I came the, the, either the sixth or the seventh highest in the school. From on trial. Within 18 months. Promoted on trial. Class six, I sat exams. And I was about the sixth highest in my school. Just because somebody told me something contrary to what I'd heard all this while. Now my father said, no, don't let me go to that school. That school is not for me. I have to go to a higher school. Why didn't you choose the higher school for me when I was? Then I was on trial. <laughs> Are you understand what I'm saying? There's, there's a certain stronghold that holds you. Now, this is how the Bible puts it. Look at, look at uh, 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 2 Corinthians 10, 3. It says that, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
Verse 4 says that, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. Arguments. You are stupid. You are on trial. You will fail. You won't do well. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity or to the obedience of Christ. Amen. The strongholds are in the mind. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. means that everything that your mind has been set on, the weapons of God can pull them down. Hallelujah. They pull them down. Amen. Because when your mind changes their thinking pattern, your life transforms. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you the last one. Last one for today. So who, who you are depends on what you think. What you speak, how you understand. A lot of people are controlled by the pharaoh or the prisons of their thinking. What you are told while growing up. Freedom begins with a change of mind. Freedom begins with what? A change of mind. Hallelujah. The prodigal son had freedom from eating with pigs when his mind was changed. Amen. As far, next one, as far as you go, you go as far as your mind allows you to go. I like this one. You go as far as your mind allows you to go. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, isn't it? You go as far as your mind allows you to go. Let me say this. Let me say this. How many like to go and test drive new cars? Go and uh, uh, view new homes? Go on holiday to see different parts of the world? Give me a wave if you are like that. Only two people. Only three people. You know? I'm going to tell you a story. There was a lady who had three, four children. And this lady lived in the, uh, the ghettos of London. A place called Hackney. A place on the Mare Street, if you know Hackney. On the drug-infested third floor of a council flat, council block. Okay? But this lady will take the children every year on holidays to see different cities in America and uh, see different places, communities, different, you know, like, you know, these gated communities, these posh houses with a big lawn in front, big lawn at the back, you know, those type of things. You know, they lived in the ghettos. Sometimes, the lady would drive the, the children to Brentwood. How many know Brentwood in, in, the, UK, in the South London? In the East London? Uh, it's not in London, it's in uh, Essex. Brentwood is in Essex. You know, Brentwood is where the footballers, 
they have an area where the footballers that play for Arsenal, play for West Ham and Tottenham, they lived. You know, like these big houses, like stately houses. He would drive, she would drive the children there. Do you know what she was doing? She was teaching the children to dream. So that you are not a captive of your environment and the council flat you live in now. But your mind is free to wonder. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, let me leave that story alone. As a matter of fact, you use 10 million receptors in your brain to think. 10 million. So you see, like, as I'm speaking now, I am thinking. I'm remembering things. I am also watching. I'm just see, I've just seen uh, uh, Nancy smiling and gossiping with um, uh, Sarah. I've just seen Audrey just take a purse. I've just seen uh, Tina just uh, smile. I've just seen uh, Abigail looking back. You know, I've just seen her two looking at me. You know, I, I am processing a lot of things and still talking at the same time, and thinking at the same time, because I have 10 million receptors in my mind that is working over time. Processes like a data, you know, data processes like a, a very powerful computer. Information is being gathered. I, I, I can see Abigail there with, with, with uh, Adelaide there with, with a baby. I can see a lot of things happening at the same time. I am, I am processing, I'm talking, I'm thinking. I'm looking, I'm hearing at the same time. So I'm doing so many things because I have 10 million receptors, receptacles and think working for me. But do you know that you have 10 billion, no, 100 billion receptors in your imagination? All of a sudden, the capacity to imagine is much, much more than thinking. Because thinking is, is limited to my environment, limited to where I am, limited to what I know, limited to what I've read, limited to a lot of things. By imagination, it's free. Do a whole lot with my imagination. My children used to watch a, 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 a TV program. Imagine, 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 imagine a story. Then you see a moon, a, 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 a cow jumping over the moon, going to talk to some giraffe, going to talk, uh, jumping over the river. How many remember? <laughs> yeah, because your imagination can go far. Because see, when you can imagine, you can have passion to work towards your dream. Are you with me? And, 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 and you, because whatever you see affects, or whatever you, you see in your mind affects what you do. It affects your thinking. It affects your determination. When you don't see anything, you don't aspire to be anything, and you don't become anything. There are some people in the same, as I speak to you, those, that lady and the children are no longer in the ghetto. They are now living in a posh place close to Brentwood where she was taking the children on excursion. Now they live close by. 
Are you with me? And there are some of their, of their friends who are still in the ghetto. Some are in prison. Some are dead. Some are hooked on drugs. Because they could not free their minds. Their mind could not li- be liberated from the, the ghettos they were in. So they became victims of the place they were. Amen. But those that imagined escaped that ghetto. The greatest prison you can ever have is the prison of the mind. And I like the Bible. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that, And now unto him that is able to, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or imagine. So it means God can go beyond the 10 million receptacle to the 10 billion imagination. God can go and more. God can go and more. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think or imagine. We have a God that goes beyond our imagination. We have a God that wants to affect our mind, to change us. Don't don't go to church and leave your mind at home. I see, I see, I see, I see mangoes. I see mangoes dropping all over you. Now God is going to bless you. It's all good. It's all real. But take your mind along to you. Amen. Because when your mind is affected, your whole body is affected. The reason why, after all the prophecies, we are still in prison is because our mind never left. We got the testimony, but we're still in prison of the mind. We got the husband, but within five years, we lost the husband. Now we are divorced. You know, the prophecy said that you get a husband. And the prophecy came true. Now you had a husband, and after a few years, you lost the husband because your mind, before the prophecy, was in prison. During the marriage, the mind was prison. Now, after the mind is still in prison, are you, wonder, are you guessing, uh, wondering why after the divorce you are still in prison, hoping for the next man to come to be div- divorced again? Why don't you set the mind free? Mind matters. Rise to your feet. Hallelujah. I want us to pray. Pray for yourself. If you can, put your hands between your ears. Put your hand and begin to pray. That Lord affect my mind. Lord touch my mind. Lord transform my mind. Begin to speak to God. Begin to speak to God. Somebody just lift up your voice and speak to God. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch my mind, oh God. Touch my mind, oh God. Transform my mind. Transform my thinking. Transform my thinking. Help me, oh God, to transform my thinking. Help me to affect, oh God, even what that which goes between these ears, oh God. In the name of Jesus, affect me, oh God, even Father, through my mind. Because my mind will be renewed by the transformation of my mind. My, my life is going to be renewed by the transformation of my mind. In the name of Jesus. To yours, to yours, oh Lord. Take my